if you can explain how exactly the human microbiome, how the GMOs um, affect our microbiome? Like, what do they actually do? Well, first of all, we're operating here without a lot of research. There's over 50,000 studies done on the human microbiome. They don't, their studies are not on the genetic engineering of the human microbiome. They're on the human microbiome. And They've correlated certain uh, changes in the microbiome to autism, certain ones to cancer. So they're really good at understanding the changes. I remember talking to um, Kieran Krishnan, who had done some research on the impact of Roundup on the human gut microbiome and saw changes. And I listed 28 different conditions that people reported getting better from when they switched to organic food. And he made, he showed how each one of those conditions could be exacerbated or caused by the changes in the microbiome simply because of the loss of diversity, the increase in pathogens, uh, the reduction in short, short change fatty acids, et cetera. So that's the chemical. But you asked about GMOs, which is very important. For years, the only knowledge that I had came from a 2004 publication um, at Nature Biotechnology, it was Netherwood et al. It was about the fact that they found that the part of the gene that had been inserted into soybeans, making the soybeans resistant to death by Roundup, transferred into the DNA of gut bacteria. Now, we don't know what would happen if that's common. It could be already happening. If it did transfer, if it did switch on, if it were functioning, it means that this, these bacteria would be, would have extra protection against the Roundup residues in food. So it would drive artificially a change in the diversity and the balance. I raised the point that we're eating corn chips made from genetically engineered corn that's engineered to produce a toxic insecticide called BT toxin. What if that transfers to the DNA of bacteria living inside our intestines and continues to function? It might be producing the BT protein. The BT protein has at least two qualities that we don't want produced inside our gut. First of all, it provokes an immune response, allergic response, and also causes the body to react to other formerly harmless compounds. So we could be creating immune and allergic responses by a protein produced by our own intestinal flora. But the BT toxin is designed in agriculture to kill certain insects by drilling holes in the walls of their intestines. So it might be creating leaky gut in the middle of the cells along the walls of the intestines. It's only one cell thick. Leaky gut, according to one researcher in Harvard, is the cause of all diseases. <clears throat> so that could be a problem. Now, there was a study done in Canada where 93% of the pregnant women tested had the BT toxin circulating in their blood and in 80% of their unborn fetuses. How did it get in the blood? Possibly through holes 
that it drilled itself. What happens in the blood? Well, <clears throat> there's evidence that it's toxic to red blood cells. And what happens when it gets into the baby? Well, the blood-brain barrier is not well-developed. So now you have BT toxin, maybe in the brain of the baby, and what does it do? It pokes holes in cells. Now, <clears throat> that's just one theoretical example. In truth, no one knows. But that's like a logical step. If the gene that produces the toxin transfers to gut bacteria and continues to function, it might turn our intestinal flora into living pesticide factories. I asked Kieran Krishnan in an interview, can you think of a, a well-meaning release in agriculture that would have a negative impact if it ended up in our gut bacteria? And he came up with this. He said, okay, if you're releasing a probiotic in a field, you want it to take hold. You, there's a lot of other competing microbes, so you want it to dominate. So you can create antimicrobials in the microbe, that kill off other microbes that allow it to survive. And so that it survives, you create an antibiotic resistance among that microbe. So that microbe is, has an armor. It kills off the others and it protects itself from being killed. So now you've populated that field with your microbe so it does whatever you want it to do. Fix nitrogen, whatever. If that microbe ends up on the food, and we eat the food, it may transfer those extra genetic functions to pathogens living inside our gut. Our microbes want that kind of stuff because they're into survival. They're into, I mean, if someone said, okay, here's a machine gun, here's a shield, do you want it? You're in a battle, do you want it? You're all, yeah, sure. So imagine that the pathogens now are protected from antibiotics and also have antimicrobials that kill their enemies. So there are, in the normal gut bacteria, there's something called quorum sensing, where the bacteria will check out and see what the diversity is. They'll look at the pathogens. If there's too many pathogens, it'll surround those pathogens, reduce the population. It's, they're like the hall monitors for the entire microbiome. What if they get killed off? by these pathogens that are, that are equipped, newly equipped with these additional microbes from the soil. And because they provide a survival advantage, maybe they take hold and become the new norm in human microbiomes. Now, I have to admit that I'm speaking theoretically. I'm not aware of research that's ever been done on these type of things, but I can tell you that 70% of the microbes in our gut have never been cultured, properly identified. There's far more in the soil, millions, were babes in the woods. And I think it, someone told me in a teaspoon of soil, there are more microbes than, than people on earth. And we've hardly characterized them. So we don't really know. And yet, and because we don't know and have very little understanding about where our microbial creations can go and what they can do, there's no justification for releasing any outdoors, given what's at stake.
Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.